Hello class, welcome back to my podcast. This podcast will be on the final section of chapter 5, which is section 3. Once again, it is imperative that you take good notes on all podcasts because you will need them for the test, which is on Thursday and Friday of this week. Before we get into section 3, a quick review of section 2 is needed. Section 2 talked about two compromises in particular. One was the Great Compromise and the other was the Compromise over Slavery. The Great Compromise stated that the lower house of Congress, which was the House of Representatives, would be based on population. The upper house, which was the Senate, would be based on equal representation. The other compromise was the Three-Fifths Compromise, where every five slaves would count as three free people for taxation purposes and representation purposes. Okay, now on to Section 3. Section 3's objectives are as follows. Number one, summarize the main points in the debate between the Federalists and Anti-Federalists. And number two, explain how the Constitution was finally ratified. Section three deals with the ratification process of the Constitution. The idea of ratification brought about a huge debate that ended up splitting the country into two groups. Those groups are Federalists and Anti-Federalists. This debate took place in state legislatures, mass meetings, newspaper columns, and simple everyday conversations. The Constitution needed to be adopted or approved by at minimum nine states. Like stated before, the country split into two groups. Federalists were people who supported the Constitution. Anti-Federalists are those who oppose the Constitution. Anti-Federalists believed that the Constitution needed a new Bill of Rights, and they wanted to know between the state government and national government who would have supreme power. Anti-Federalists were not against federalism because they understood the need to have a national government. Federalists chose this name with care because they felt the new Constitution would create a federal system. They hoped the name would remind Americans that states will retain many of their powers. Supporters of the Federalists were large landowners, merchants, and artisans who lived in coastal areas. Supporters of the Anti-Federalist movement were Western farmers who lived far from the coast. Federalists and Anti-Federalists campaigned for support for and against the new Constitution. Anti-Federalist campaigns fell short of Federalist campaigns. Anti-Federalists ran a negative campaign and they had nothing to offer in place of the Constitution in which they were going against. They had no solution to their supposed problem. Federalists, however, presented a solution to the nation's problem. They had support from newspapers. They made convincing cases in their speeches. Um, They had support from pamphlets and debates. A very formal way Federalists presented their arguments was through the Federalist Papers. This was a collection of 85 essays written by James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and John Jay. These essays were used to gain support of others for the Constitution. The Federalist Papers explained the Constitution to the average citizen and told why it was needed. The ratification process was a clean win for Federalists in Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, and Connecticut. 
The major battles would be in Massachusetts, Virginia, and New York. In Massachusetts, Federalists needed to meet the objections of the influential Samuel Adams. Federalists promised to attach a Bill of Rights to the Constitution and support an amendment that reserved powers for states not specifically granted to the federal government. Massachusetts' final vote was 187 to 168 in favor of ratification. Maryland, South Carolina, and New Hampshire ratified the Constitution in 1788 giving the Federalists the minimum of nine states to ratify the new Constitution. The new Constitution took place in 1789. Virginia and New York were the only two states left that needed to uh, agree on ratification. Um, eventually, they did, but people were worried that if they did not agree to ratification, then the central government, which the Constitution was creating, would be weak. Now I am going to break down the Constitution. Article 1 sets up the legislative branch and outlines what powers it does, does and does not have. There are three types of powers. The first are enumerated powers, meaning powers that are specifically mentioned in the Constitution. Examples of these are the power to coin money, the power to regulate trade, and the power to declare war. The second type of powers are concurrent powers, meaning powers are shared by both the national and state governments. Examples of these are the power to exercise criminal justice. The third type of power is called denied powers, meaning the powers which Congress is strictly forbidden from. They are reserved for states only. Examples of these are the power to pass marriage laws and set up schools. Article 2 sets up the executive branch, which are the powers of the president. Those powers include chief, chief executive and diplomat. This particular power directs foreign policy. The commander-in-chief of the military and the chief legislature are also powers of the president. And with these two powers, they introduce bills to Congress. Article 3 sets up the judicial branch. The Constitution is only allowed to set up the Supreme Court, which is the highest court in the country. Article 3 gives Congress the power to create other lower courts. The Constitution has two major clauses. The first one is the elastic clause. It states that Congress has the power to make any law which is necessary and proper in order to carry out its enumerated powers. Its intent is to stretch the powers of Congress beyond what is written in the Constitution. Congress may use its powers in any way that is not specifically prohibited by the Constitution. Next, the Supremacy Clause states that the United States Constitution is the highest authority and the supreme law of the land. That is it for Chapter 5. Please remember to go back over all three podcasts and take adequate notes if you have not. Or if I have told you otherwise, like possibly just writing a paragraph summary for each podcast, do that so you will be able to get full credit in your notebook. And be able to use this information possibly on the test. It depends on how you all act. Thank you.